0: Stacy Dales, NFL Network correspondent.
1: Here at Hallis Hall, as expected, continued buzz around the quarterbacks, especially when it comes to the 11th overall pick, Justin Fields.
0: Breaking down the latest from the Bears beat and news from around the NFL.
1: George McCaskey and the Chicago Bears have a lot of digging to do. They need to do a good job this time around. New head coach of the Chicago Bears, Matt Eberflus. Where, where do we even start? Start at HITS? Do we start at the HITS acronym? Former WNBA All Star.
0: And the ball stolen away. Didn't see her coming, and Perkins gets the clean steal. Over to Dales, easy land. Stacy Dales off a beautiful feed from Elaine Powell. Stacy Dales with Mullion Haw on 670 to score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio six seven to the score. Always fun to talk to Stacy Dalles and she joins us now on the Signature Bank Score Hotline. Signature Bank, making commercial banking personal. Stacy, good morning. How are you?
1: Good morning, doing doing well, guys. Getting ready for the playoffs. I, I uh, I'm headed to Cincinnati this weekend for a little AFC North uh, slugfest, if you will.
0: You'll you'll get to see the newly minted uh, highest paid linebacker in the NFL. How about that? And off the ball linebacker yes. Roquan Smith play. How about that?
1: Yeah, I couldn't be happier for Roquan. Uh, I've you know obviously covered him now in his tenure in the NFL, and I he's one of my favorites. I mean, every time I see him on a field, uh, it's, it's a big hug, but it's more about how he approaches his job. I, I just, this is, this is one that, you know, I listened to Ryan polls as we all did yesterday and you know that this, this sort of restructured bears personnel and offense, and they've really, you know, done so many changes already that it is truly a, a new cultural shift in Chicago in terms of the Chicago bears. But, you know, I, I really like Ryan Foles and I like Matt Eberflus and I, I obviously have built relationships with them. But, you know, this is one I will never understand because Roquan Smith is an absolute cultural changer. He is, he's already become the leader. You know, I've been on the radio with you guys every week. Roquan has become and almost taken over that defense in Baltimore from the time he got there week nine and on this past season. And then if you guys heard – I don't know if you heard John Harbaugh talk on Monday, Yep. but he he basically said he's one of the top guys I've ever seen in terms of how he wants to do things, what is required to be great, and how he impacts the defensive unit. That's pretty damn good if you ask me to hear that from John Harbaugh who's worked with somebody like Ray Lewis.
2: I agree, and that's not going to be a trade that ages well in terms of the, the Ryan Poles tenure. He can get past it if the Bears win. Part of that process we heard yesterday he laid out the plan for the offseason. Stacy, when you heard Ryan Poles talk about the having the number one pick and asked if he would pick a quarterback and saying he need would need to be blown away, how would you describe then the level of commitment that you heard from the Bears and Ryan Poles to Justin Fields?
1: All in. I, I heard nothing but that. Um, you know, when I when I watched it, I watched the presser twice because I, I wanted to I just – I really like observing the tone of things, and uh, I believe they're all in on Justin Fields, and I I would agree with that approach because we've seen – I mean, he spoke about the big play impact that he has. I I always think to myself, who am I listening to? Where did he come from or she come from? You have to remember where Ryan Poles has has previously been. He's been with the Kansas City Chiefs for a number of years. He was part of drafting – Patrick Mahomes. Um, he was a former offensive lineman. And then I say, what models should they be looking at right now in the NFL? And I look at Jalen Hurts and I look at the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think about the two contrasting situations with Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. These are both the two MVP frontrunners right now in the National Football League. And I then think of Justin Fields. And I believe that Ryan Poles and company believe they can get enough talent around him based upon listening to this press conference. And because Justin Fields himself is such a work, he's such a worker. I mean, this, this guy wants to be great. You heard Ryan Poles say that in his press conference. I, I think that they are, you know, maybe next season thinking, Hey, we might be able to win this division if we can just get enough around him. And I'm telling you, this Jalen Hurts season is spectacular. This year, for me, felt like Justin Fields' rookie season. I don't know if it did for you guys, but he is now entering his, what, third year next year? Mm-hmm. Yep. This year felt, for me, like it was Justin Fields' first season. And when I think about Jalen Hurts and I think about his mastery of the offense under, you know, Nick Sirianni, Shane Steichen, who's now getting head coaching interviews, um, I am like, really what Howie Roseman did with his roster. I mean, let's go get Devonte Smith. Let's trade up and go get Devonte Smith. Let's bring in AJ Brown who had the best year of his career, right? He goes to a, a, a quarterback who like just basically shook the NFL up because we didn't know what Jalen Hurts was going to be this year. We knew he had big playability. So, like, I, I'm like, Patrick Mahomes is, like, a genius on the field, okay? So, Ryan Poles came from that. But now you look at that model in Philadelphia, get yourself a damn good defense and get yourself some playmakers. They think Justin can be fantastic, and I love it.
0: Yeah, I, I you know, I think when when we talk about the breakthrough the quarterback had, part of it, I mean, he's, he's a winner, Jalen Hurts, has been his whole life, but he's also a, you know, he's just – He has a work ethic that is Mm -hmm. admirable, and I I think Justin Fields does too. I think Justin Fields wants to be great, and he's going to work really hard at it, and hopefully they get him one of those receivers, and then all of a sudden everybody else kind of fits into place, and they improve the offensive line, and they they get a front seven, and who knows? I mean, there's a lot of work to be done. For the Bears, but it's they got all the money in the world and they got that number one pick. How bizarre was that?
1: Yeah, it just weird. I mean, I, we were on what was it last week, and I was like, I wish we could hide like who gets to pick where in the NFL, and that'll never happen. That's silly thinking, right? But you know, if you're a Bears fan, you're sitting there thinking, oh, This is pretty damn cool. Like, we're gonna, we can, he can do so much. It's scary right now because. Yeah when you think about the money they're going to have in Chicago, which has been an oddity in many respects. And then you think, okay, they have eight picks right now in the draft. Okay. The only thing they don't have is a sixth, I believe. Correct. So they pick in every round. They have a couple in, in the, I forget which rounds I'd have to pull out my chart, but you have eight picks right now. And you basically told us yesterday the, the three premium positions outside of the quarterback, if you're Ryan Poles, that you are like, you know, you need are edge rusher or pass rusher, offensive line, and cornerback. Those are three positions that he highlighted in his press conference that he deems basically invaluable to the success of a football franchise. Then you look at that first pick. He could totally trade that away and end up with like three more on top of eight or a trade like that he could go get a premium wide receiver for Justin Fields and gosh, who knows, maybe who, who's he sitting and talking with fields about like, who do you like out there? We never know some of those layered conversations that teams have in the offseason because I do believe they're all in on fields. And I would think they would want him to be a part of their discussions as, as far as like what he likes. I'm sure they're sitting down with him and saying, hey, what routes do you love? Like, what what did we do this year that where you struck this or you saw this, you felt really comfortable here? So I, I'm, it's exciting. It's a really exciting time to be a Bears fan, I would say that.
2: Stacey, you were at Lambeau on Sunday night for the Lions and the Packers, so I think two questions come to mind. Number one, first, how far away are the Bears in terms of talent to those two teams? And secondly, was that the last time Aaron Rodgers plays at Lambeau?
1: Mm. I only ever think David, a team is a season away from talent. So I don't think the bears are far away because the NFL is all about culture and it's all about coaching. And um, to me, the next season in the NFC North is up for grabs already. Um, I think actually the Packers and the lions are playing better football than the Minnesota Vikings who are the one in the playoffs right now. So um, yeah, on Aaron Rodgers, And by the way, the Detroit Lions, to me, who have won eight of their last 10 games, should be the team representing the NFC North. I'm just going to say that. Um, They're really good. I would say on Aaron Rodgers, based upon sitting in his presser on Sunday night, um, he sounds like he's ready to retire. I don't know if his mind will let him. Uh, I, I don't know if these guys ever think that a Super Bowl is out of their reach. And so, you know, I, I, I can't imagine him playing somewhere else. I just, I don't, I don't see that. Um, But then again, like I said, like you're only a season away from success in the NFL and we really know nothing. I just like, I'm kind of tired of the drama. Like you either know if you want to come back to the same team or you don't. And if you're in any way, like considering not returning, just say it. Like I I'm, I'm pretty close to retirement. Um, I have a sense, I will say that Rogers may, you know, decide to come back and say, this will be my final year. And then we do the, you know, the whole year, this is his retirement year and every broadcast says it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I think it would be hard for him to, um, to go elsewhere. I just think at this point, you know, you start looking at the places that are available and, I I don't know if it would be uh, it would be all that wise an idea. Plus, the money would make it very difficult to move him, and how how willing the Packers are to do that, we just don't know. I I think he's making a decision about whether to go back to Green Bay or not.
1: Yeah, and let's face it, like he needs a lot of help. And in Rogers' defense, a lot of Bears fans are going to be listening to us right now and just like puking because they hate him so much. He he was not afforded the tools in his 18th season to close out his career. And I just have so much respect for the process that is involved in the NFL for GMs. Like I, you heard Ryan Poles talk about it. Like this isn't like the NBA or it's not like, you know, baseball where you plug in a player and he starts like Chase Claypool struggled coming to Chicago. He's like, theres a script (laughs) they're given a script in the off season they are given certain players they have to play with and it's hard to get all 11 to be great whether it's offense or defense you need impeccable coaching you need the stars to align like it's it's the nfl season is such a grind aaron Rodgers was not given he even said in his press conference we could we didn't replace devontae adams right we didn't replace them. Like you can't, you, how can you replace somebody that dynamic? And the fact that Brian Budekunst, the GM in green Bay, didn't go and get Rogers a premium wide receiver. Like, look at, I, I brought up the Eagles. Like they go get AJ Brown. Are you kidding me? You guys, if you stood beside AJ Brown, he's like standing beside. Debo, but taller, a little bit taller. Like he, he, looks like, he looks like a number one. Like, he's, he's amazing. So he has a 1,000-yard season and an all-pro season, and Devontae Smith has an all-pro season, and they're the two. That tandem right now is the best in football at the wide receiver position. Why did you not go and get somebody for Aaron Rodgers? You got rid of Devontae Adams. You, you really did think that Dobbs and Christian Watson were going to save Aaron Rodgers? You know, Rodgers didn't have a 300-yard passing game at all this season. Like, he didn't hit 300 yards this year. So, if he does come back, they're going to have to change their model entirely in Green Bay. Like, Brian Gutekunst is going to have to step into, okay, we have to go get a great receiver for our quarterback. The fact that they didn't do that this year was a big miss.
2: Stacy, let's look at the NFL coaching cycle. What the Texans did for the second straight year, firing a coach after one season is kind of a travesty. They have an mm-hmm. opening. The Broncos, the Colts, the Carolina Panthers, and now Arizona, they have openings. Who's the key or, or maybe the first domino to go in this coaching cycle and how might that affect the other jobs that are open?
1: Yeah, Sean Payton is the first domino. Um, Wherever he goes, he will win, and he will win in his first season Um, if he decides he wants to coach again. I I think the other thing I'm looking at is Sean uh, Sean McVay, uh, Mm. and he decides to take a break. It sounds like he's burnt out. Um, I uh, that that's a job opening, but it's also he's become the model for a lot of these teams and how they hire. These teams are hiring young sort of offensive-minded gurus. And so it'll be interesting to see how they replace him if he decides to step away. Um, I I mentioned that because I think the model now is a Nick Sirianni, right? It's this sort of person that's able to lead a team but has an offensive spin on things. Um, you know, you see the old-school nature of it with Doug Peterson going down to Jacksonville, and they're in the playoffs, okay? so. Ben Johnson is one that if Detroit loses that guy that that can he be a head coach I never know that answer so Nate Hackett goes to Denver and he struggles maybe he's not meant to be a head coach offensive minded really smart really innovative Ben Johnson is the offensive coordinator of Detroit they had one of the top offenses in football this season and when you talk to their players they are obsessed with him. They, they they can't say enough about him. I interviewed Jared Goff after the game, and he just told me he's special. He's just special. He's a special coach. The way he motivates, the way he challenges his players in the playbook, um, and he's really nice, too. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, I, you know, there's always, like, seven, eight coaching changes in the NFL, David. Right. And so we'll, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, it's it's part of the... NFL that I, I don't love, but it's also, hey, it, when you get a new guy in, everything changes in the culture.
0: Stacy, I, I heard Jerry Jones come out and say that Mike McCarthy's job is not in question at all. And, um, and now if they go down to Tampa and lose, I'm guessing <laughs> that Sean Payton would be brought in immediately. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if, <laughs> if, ever, if ever there was an emptier comment, it's Jerry saying that uh, Mike McCarthy was safe.
1: Yeah, it, it doesn't ever matter what Jerry says, okay? <laughs> as far as it, it matters, but it doesn't, Molly, because like you take it with a grain of salt because like he, the thing I like about Jerry Jones is that when you stop him in a hallway, he gonna, he's going to like tell you that the SHI, you know what? Like he's going to give you what he thinks. And, and Jim Jimmer is the same. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I sat and did an interview to start the season and he had heaters in his mouth. Like he's... He's smoking darts in, while we're doing the interview. Like, you know, he's going to give you what he thinks at the time. But he says so much that you, you, you could go back and listen to it, but everything could change in two weeks. Um, I don't think Mike McCarthy's going anywhere. I think that he has actually made them competitive in, in Dallas with all the stuff that they've got going on in Dallas, America's team. I think Mike McCarthy's been the right, right guy for them.
2: Stacey back to the Bears as you talk to people around the league how much buzz if any is there about who they hire as a team president Kevin Warren has emerged as probably Mm -hmm. the front runner among people that we know that have interviewed for the job are you hearing anything in regard to the Bears president's job
1: not really I think that's going to kind of pop up when David like the decisions made I think Kevin Warren is outstanding I know Kevin Um, I knew him back when he was at minnesota he's been in the nfl substantially obviously what he did in the big 10 uh is incredible in terms of some of the deals and the teams coming over and um i think he would be an incredible hire (laughs) i mean i think he he holds a standard right when somebody walks in the room and you just your attention goes to that person um there's a standard there there's a level of gravitas and I think Kevin Warren, when he walks in the room, that's there. That would be an amazing hire um, if, they were, if they were to land him. Uh, but, but I, you know, I just – when I think about where the Bears are at right now, the more I listen to – you know, Dustin and I were just briefly talking when I jumped on with you guys today. The more I listen to Ryan Poles, the more I just really like him. I like how transparent he tried to be. Uh, in his press conference. I like that he has a very concrete vision of what he wants the Bears to be. Outside of the Roquan Smith thing, because I I would have never imagined losing a cornerstone piece to my defense, that the young players need to follow. Like, that's who you need to to watch work, is Roquan. Um, Outside of that, like, I just, I'm I'm really excited for Bears fans because I, I think that Ryan Poles has a very good plan and I like the culture that he's trying to build in Chicago
0: yeah and i I really think that they pretty much have to trade that first pick and they have to make it available yeah. to the I mean they they have the first pick in the draft and then they won't select again until the 50s because of the chase people yeah. move so it's they just need more and it's it's uh it's a lifeblood I mean they got they got you know their own third, and they got their own fourth, and a fourth from the Eagles, their own fifth, and a fifth from the Ravens, and then a seventh round pick. They need more, and they're just going to need more. And it, it, you, multiply. You have got to multiply you those picks. You can't have one yep. of the top fifty, even if it is the first. That's a good one.
1: point. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Molly. Which you know I was trying to allude to earlier. Like they with with eight picks right now, right. they need players. They need playmakers. Um, what if they, what if they took that number one pick and, you know, forget, like, forget jumping, leaving the first round. What if they like just move back and get, yeah. you know, you know, a, a, a different first round pick, but then what if they were to add like a second round pick? What if they were to add like, yep. it, it's, it's incredible the possibilities that they have. And I would be inclined to think that if, if you don't need a quarterback, you could you could easily – they could even swap picks. Like we make all this what, whatever about the text, uh, Houston Texans. Yeah. Like they could swap picks. And if, if Houston wants the quarterback, which they do because I don't think Davis Mills is the answer for them, they swap picks right there. And now you just got that second overall pick. And you jump back and you get another pick from Houston. Like there's just so much you could do. I think they're going to add some really good players in this draft and you just hope you can develop them really quickly.
0: Great stuff, Stacey. Thanks so much. Enjoy the playoffs. We'll Thanks, all be Stacey. watching. Yep.
1: All right, guys, I'll talk to you after uh, my trip to Cincinnati this week.
0: All righty, That sounds great. That is Stacy Dale's always fun to talk to her and yeah, you, you start going through these picks. They don't have a choice. They're going to have to trade down and she's absolutely right. Maybe one slot. Maybe maybe you got uh, a division opponent, Indy, trying to jump ahead of Houston. That could really help you. You're talking about adding a starter potentially with yes. that extra
2: pick. That's right. And when you need so many starters, that makes sense to try to multiply and maximize the value of that pick.
0: Maybe add a couple. Maybe why not? Yeah. It's been done before. Of course. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven million on the screen. I've always wanted to keep David. I, I love his mentality, how he plays the game. I told him that to his face and it comes from, I mean, I, he's part of the identity that we had this year that kept us competitive. Now the second part of that is just the, the contract situation. That's something that we'll see how that goes and if we can find common ground. I've, obviously I've learned that you can want a player and, and it, the values gotta come together for it to happen. But right. I, I love the way that he attacked this season. like that's a guy that does everything right. And you all watch his tenacity, his fight. Like I'm a big David Montgomery fan. Molly Ed Hall, Chicago sports radio, six, seven to the score. Uh, that is the voice of Ryan Poles talking about uh, David Montgomery, now a free agent running back. And it's a, uh, it's a crowded class of free agent running backs. And so the hope would be that you can come up with common ground. In other words, if he's willing to take what little we're willing to offer, <laughs> we'll bring him back. Yeah, and he mean, ref- Doesn't that sound like Yes,
2: it does. And it references the opportunity he didn't take advantage of or the, I guess, agreement they couldn't come to terms with Roquan Smith. That was a previous example I think he was referencing without saying that. And you reference the crowded running back field. Sure. Saquon Barkley, Kareem Hunt, Rashad Penny, Jamal Williams, Josh Jacobs. It's loaded. So you can you envision. Can get yeah. You can someone, yeah. Well, I don't even know if it's going out and getting someone, but I, I was going to say that you could envision the price coming back to the Bears
0: mm-hmm.
2: for David Montgomery. Now, the question is that we don't know because I think we can read too much into this. We know the Bears love David Montgomery. Does David Montgomery love the Bears?
0: Well, that's a good question. And I think the reality oftentimes is I would be willing to take less money over here than I would be willing to take less money with the team I'm on. That that is For just, the sake of change? Well, it's just, uh, you know, you feel. Opportunity, valued. It, you know, valued. Yeah. I think you feel like you're. I, I'll take a million dollars less to play away from the White Sox than with.
2: <laughs> yeah, AJ Pollock example. <laughs> so David Montgomery wasn't the guy drafted by this regime. Right. That matters because That's, he yeah. was a remember the third round draft pick that got a first round treatment, and he was always valued as that guy. Maybe he feels that maybe it's run its course now, and somewhere right. else a change of scenery would benefit him. The Bears would miss his professional approach I think when you heard Ryan Poles talk about somebody that represents everything they want a Chicago Bear to epitomize that's him but I, everything comes with a price I just don't know if it's going to make sense for them moving forward and also they may envision Khalil Herbert as taking another step and in, in, in le- maybe making uh, taking over a larger role for him in the backfield
0: I would like to see them bring back uh, David Montgomery I don't think it's much money I don't think if there is an impasse, I don't think it'd be much difference in money. And frankly, I think that the guy, you know, and I know this doesn't matter and no one cares about it, but you're sending the right message to your team. If you're bringing back a guy who has the qualities that Montgomery shows. And, and when you talk about him, and when you say, you know, you talk about toughness and tenacity and, uh, and all those things, and then you're unwilling to pay for them, that sends the wrong message. I right? think
2: you're right. That, that's a part of uh, bragging about yes. a positive culture and the right. kind of players you want to represent that means paying for that. So my sense is that he, the price won't be exorbitant because of the, the crowded running right. back field supply and demand. So if you're the Bears, you can make quite a statement about culture, continuity, the kinds of things that you want to – you know, you want your players to represent and the things that you talk about regularly by bringing David Montgomery back, you could do a lot worse than having him and Khalil yeah. Herbert return in the backfield.
0: You know, the idea I like the I like the aggressiveness he showed, the way he attacked the season, but I don't think he's worth the extra fifty K. Right. It's just that yeah. we're, we're I, I just think we're gonna it's bring not in somebody that, that we don't know how he's gonna respond exactly. to adversity
2: exactly. and we don't know what kind of teammate he will be because we don't want to pay that extra five hundred grand or $1 million that our guy that we know all about is demanding at the table.
0: You know, that's a hardworking guy. That's a, I mean, I hope they find a common ground. I hope it isn't that vast a difference and they can bridge it because I think that he's done enough that he deserves to be back. And what, what I really admire about Montgomery is he's literally willing to do anything. You know, he will break his rear end making a block as much as he will, you know, try to break a run or whatever it might be. Now you can argue what's the real value of that and could you upgrade or what? I think the qualities of the player have to be considered when you're choosing. You want
2: to keep your knowns known, your strengths strengths. And I think you have so many other projects offensively. You need to rebuild your wide receiving core. You need to rebuild your offensive line. And when you have those kind of priorities, you get to the running back later. I think that David Montgomery would answer a lot of questions. So we go to the wide receivers, and this is the beginning of uh, the kind of things you're going to hear regularly. It begins with DeAndre Hopkins. Mully, the report from Jordan Schultz, as we talked about Mm -hmm. earlier, is that the Cardinals will be looking to trade Hopkins in the offseason. He's got two years and $34.3 million left on his contract. And if he is traded, you know how that works he's going to want a new deal. Yes. How aggressive, how interested should Ryan Poles appear? How much should he pursue? What is the right way to approach this?
0: So so DeAndre Hopkins just served a six-game suspension for PEDs, right? His value on the open market is impacted by that. Not only is he 31 years old, but another strike and he's out a year. So I think that you could get him – if indeed they're interested in trading him i think that 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 would impact what you'd have to give up for him and i think the fact that they might be wanting to get out from under that money and the bears have all the money they have it might make them an obvious candidate for him you know i i saw they included um jacksonville in that uh group i saw like four teams named including arizona as possibilities for him so it was Arizona. I want to say Cleveland, the Bears, and um, and uh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Jacksonville's got a player coming back from injury. Jacksonville has only got like nineteen million in cap space. It's just, I just think it's unrealistic to look at some places as landing spots uh, unless there is the the money to absorb that contract and a willingness for improvement at the position. And I'm not sure how much money Cleveland has, and they're paying their guy a lot of money, and I don't know where they're at. So there's got to
2: be financial flexibility. Yeah. And, and I there's got to the be Bears a willingness to, to absorb that. the risk or yeah. take the risk that you described. Yes. He played in nine games this year. big deal. And 717 reception yards in nine games, three touchdowns, considered a down year for him. And you also wonder, and this is where I guess I will give – a minimum amount a minimal credence to what Shady McCoy had said. Mm-hmm. Do we know if if DeAndre Hopkins is going to be selective in terms of approving trades cuz he, has a, no trade he clause, has a no trade clause and yeah. would he be willing to play in Chicago not exactly somewhere where where wide receivers go to flourish according to Moussa Muhammad we know where what happens with wide receivers who come here.
0: What is that noise I'm hearing? <laughs> It's a little bit of, that's the
2: bills that are crumpling uh, okay. in your hand. Money talks, you're right. That's all I'm so, saying. So if they are able to come up with the highest offer and structure yeah. the, the most lucrative contract, certainly he could be convinced and bought. It's ah, I. it will be 31
0: in June,
1: Yeah,
2: right? But he's still but a physical specimen. And, and it's a short-term deal, perhaps. Maybe it's just for the next two years. Maybe it's just for three years. What do we hear from Dave Wanstead? I'm going to keep going back to that. He talked about this Bears... Winning window, it's opening. He talked about a four-year plan with Justin Fields, and we talk about the sustainability of a quarterback who is as dangerous of a runner as Justin Fields. He talked about in the next four years. That's the way I want to think about this.
0: Let me ask something. If you're thinking about it that way, like is Saquon Barkley the best player that's out there at running back? I'm just tying two conversations together. If you could take your running game – to a different level. My goodness sakes! Wouldn't that be? Well, my goodness sakes! I mean, you just—I I don't know.
2: I know he's on the list. I always wonder: if the Giants going to let him go? Molly, can you imagine though, no. just for a split second yeah. here? Fantasy football: Saquon Barkley lining up behind Justin Fields, and then a defense trying to stop that in terms of a running game.
0: Yeah, that would be a complicated issue for. A de- I mean, you talk about multiple dimensions of an offense damaging you, right? I mean, Saquon Barkley is a, is, is greater than David Montgomery. That's not an insult. It's a lot of guys in that list. Yes. Yes. But I'm saying if you had, if you like improve your offensive line, get the receiver, add another running, all of a sudden you've got a dynamic offense. Explosive. Very explosive. You're going to score a lot of points. You're going to score more points than they've been scoring. And. You know, please God, they actually get a front seven at some point too. By yeah, the way. oh yeah, by the way, the defense while you're the, at it, don't ruin this. Okay, don't I'm sorry, don't don't inject sorry.
2: reality into this uh, fantasy because okay. Saquon Barkley behind Justin Fields is something you could never look away from.
0: It'd be pretty awesome.
2: It would be pretty fun. I've always liked Saquon Barkley, but again, then we go back to this conversation. It'll get back to this. It's not a premium position. Running back is not a premium position. Well,
0: that's it. You but he, he would be expensive. You don't have to pay for it. Yeah. Well, he's not just, you know. I mean, it he was, would be expensive. Old, it was the old Adrian Peterson argument, right? The Bears had gone out, and don't oh, now Dustin's shaking his head. I've said the wrong name. But <laughs> the Bears had gone out. Who had they drafted? They drafted, uh, um, I forget who it was, but they drafted the running back, and it's one of the running backs. And then I think it might have been Chris Ballard was a scout, and he had seen Adrian Peterson, and he tried to sell them on, we got to draft this guy because this guy's a different level. Well, we're not going to draft a running back a couple of years, right? But this is a Hall of Fame running back, right? And they didn't do it, and then they ended up seeing him uh low those many years in Minnesota. It I was mean,
2: 2007 draft. He was the seventh overall pick.
0: So, and who was who was taken the year before by the Bears or? Well, they had
2: Cedric Benson. Benson. Okay. And they had Thomas Jones.
0: Well, uh, well, not at that no. point. They had
2: traded him, but they had Cedric Benson. They had yes. spent the fifth overall pick, I believe. Right. In two- so
0: you can't come back and do it. But listen, this guy's significantly better, right? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I get it. You wouldn't do that, but it's still an interesting argument to Somebody have. is
2: going to overpay for Saquon Barkley in the free agent market. Maybe yes. it will be the Giants to keep him, depending yeah. on what happens to them in the playoffs. But you're going to pay for that sizzle. But you are going to
0: be – He's a really good player. Yeah. You should be but an and I'm not offense. I'm not sitting here saying I'm just saying all okay let me clarify it I'm not pro- promoting going out and signing no, 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 another no, no. I'm saying when you have this much money there is really nothing you shouldn't consider you can consider anything you have enough money you can get your left tackle right if if uh, if Orlando Brown somehow becomes, pops open. What, oh, what you're saying is that. that
2: you have all kinds of, you have boundless possibilities and a tremendous opportunity. If you're Ryan. Poulos.
0: Yes. So create the best team that you can.
2: There are going to be very few scenarios that on this show for the next 15 weeks that don't come across the wire. We say, no, the bears are, they can't afford that. They no. can't do that. No. They're too limited in that. No. And, and last Anything's year possible. that was
0: last year when you were trying to save money on every deal and you were looking at price tag. Now, like loosen up, baby. Loosen up. Spend some of that cabbage. <laughs> go out and buy an island, and that would uh, that would be a corner, I suppose. No, just whatever you want, whatever you need. Feel free to uh, to go ahead and purchase it and. And maybe give yourself a little leeway in the draft. Yeah. It's obviously a good Find yourself, a found, build
2: a foundation, and then put the house on top of it and hope it's not a money pit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got uh, – it's a Layla Wednesday. We've got Lawrence, and we've got Layla and Dan next. It's Molly and Ho on the Score.